Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hello and welcome to the Monday edition of Football and Grits. It's Monday. Hope you guys had a good Christmas break. Uh, nice little long weekend. And we are back. It's Monday, so I'm your host, David Ubbin, here, as always, with my co-host, Andy Staples, the Athletics uh, Senior Writer, National College Football Writer, uh, Florida Zone. Andy, welcome to the show. Just call me Florida Man. I think it was a, just call it was more of a Florida Zone. Uh, you, you hold down the South for us and uh, do a fantastic job. You know Bowl season is upon us, and for many SEC teams, bowl season, uh, you know, grand opening, grand closing, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina and Tennessee already Crack out. can't open again. Yes. <laughs> Mizzou also out after a spike in, in COVID infections. They said it was not linked to going home for Christmas. I, I, I get the sense this is this is not the, the last bowl game that we're going to see get canceled uh, at the 11th hour. We saw this all season, well, and I think and, it's And Iowa's be- all mad now. Like, guys, you've seen this enough at this point. Yeah. We, we know how this movie ends. Like, you can get mad at everybody all you want. It just – it's a bad situation. It just sucks. Yeah. And it, there's no reason to, to lash out and be like, oh, I can't, can't <laughs> believe they ducked us. They're not ducking you. They would like to play too. Yeah. Everybody would like to play. Yes, I think that's, that's... Except the people who didn't want to play. Yes. And they, they just opted out. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I, it is what it is. It's, um, you know, a fitting end to the season, I suppose, uh, that, that we're sort of, uh, you know, crash landing, and we'll see how the we'll see how the playoff goes, uh, especially the teams that let guys go home for Christmas. You know, that seems like uh, an, an interesting decision that every coach um, had to make. Um, by the way, speaking of the playoff, if you guys have not checked out Andy's uh, playoff preview, we've got all four beat writers for those four teams. Uh, good stuff. I think you guys can check it out. And uh, Andy, what do you make of the lone SEC team in the field, Alabama? Certainly the favorite coming in, but what are you watching for as they sort of uh, you know, come in as a heavy favorite against um, uh, Notre Dame and then get the winner of, of Clemson, Ohio State, who they've obviously played previously in, in playoffs past? 
Well, you you've already had them beat Notre Dame, so we're, we're just moving along. <laughs> I no, have. It, I am not. I am not a believer that Notre Dame's going to make this. Yeah, I think anybody who watched the ACC championship game with Notre Dame against a full strength Clemson is probably not real optimistic about Notre Dame's chances against Alabama. And, and look, Alabama is is has been the best team in the country all season. We don't know exactly what the best means or how much better they would be than anybody else because. We haven't seen them play non-conference opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for Alabama, the the, the one thing that, that I would worry about coming out of the SEC championship game is the injury to Landon Dickerson, uh, the, their center. He was so good. He was kind of the, the heart and soul of the offensive line all season. Now, he's probably not the most physically gifted player on the offensive line. That's, that's probably Alex Leatherwood or Evan Neal. But he was a pretty important piece of that offense. Now, granted, they don't lose much when they get into their depth on the offensive line because they have plenty of that. Uh, it's actually much worse at Notre Dame where they're basically on their third-string center right now. So both teams kind of in a similar boat there, but I think Alabama comes out of that better. And and really, I, I think this is sort of going to be a test of, of how Alabama can play many different ways. They, they can do whatever they want, I think, probably against Notre Dame. And, you know, Notre Dame wants to play a slower game. I think Alabama, if I had to try to tunnel into Nick Saban's mind, the way he'd want to play this game is put up a few quick, you know, get some stops, put up a few quick touchdowns, and then just let the air out of the ball, run the ball, and and not show too much. And, you know, the good thing with Alabama is they can score in 45 seconds, or they can mount a seven-minute touchdown drive. Yeah. Like, they are capable of both. And I'm not sure how how well anybody else who's still left is capable of that. I think everybody's kind of got their thing. Uh, Clemson, in years past, would have been able to run the ball like that. They've not really done that. They've kind of shifted what Travis Etienne is from the guy who gets eight yards every time he touches the ball to more of a he, – he's a, he's a good back, but they, they've not been able to open great holes for him. And then he's a great receiving threat. He's probably their, their second – best receiving threat behind Amari Rogers. So, you know, I, I think with Alabama, they're dangerous in any way they want to be. Defensively, they're not perfect. I don't think there is an elite defense in the, in the playoff this yeah. year. But I think they're good enough. And best way I, to I describe think they're good defense, enough to, to beat whoever they need to beat. Mm-hmm. It helps when you've got an offense that's going to give you 40 uh, in pretty much all scenarios, I think. The one thing I think is interesting about the bowl season in general, and, and, and we'll see this in the playoff as well, you know, we didn't see those Titanic non-conference matchups. And we, we've seen these teams play their own conference teams, and, and you sort of trust your eyes, and you say, well, we, we think, you know, the middle of the SEC is a little soft, and, you know, Ohio State has no competition in the Big 12. You know, the SEC's got, you know, three, four teams that are worth respecting. I'm really interested to see, you know, when you don't have non-conference games, we're probably going to put too much stock in the bowl games. It happens every year, but I think it'll especially happen this year in terms of what leagues really expose themselves or which leagues, um, you know, really endorse themselves. I guess, and and I'm I, I'm fascinated to see this because we've kind of already seen it a little bit with the G five leagues, a little bit, uh, you know, a nice little uh, run for the fun belt, kind of confirming what we saw. But then you have Coastal get knocked off, and you wonder a little bit. Um, but it'll be interesting. I, I'm I'm fascinated to see when we don't have non-conference what the Bulls look like and if there's some frauds hiding or if there's some some uh, some I wouldn't say juggernauts, but teams that we've been discounting all year that that show up in a bowl game. Well, it's interesting because we've trashed the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. rightfully so, because they went zero and three against the Sun Belt mm-hmm. as as one of the few leagues that was doing non-conference play. But 
we might see a different Big 12 in bowl season. That's, I'm, I'm curious about that because you, you've got Oklahoma State playing Miami, which, you know, Miami didn't end the season particularly well either. But I, I think, you know, they're excited because Derek King's coming back. So we'll, we'll see how well Oklahoma State handles that offense. But the Florida-Oklahoma game is going to be really interesting because this is the best Oklahoma's defense has been in years. Yeah. And the question is, is it really good because the Big 12 offenses weren't as good as they have been the past few years, or is there a tonal shift in the Big 12, which I, I think is true. I think a lot of teams have looked at what Iowa State does and said, you know what, that defense is really good against these kinds of offenses. And everybody's kind of adjusted a little bit, and they're playing a little bit slower pace in the Big 12 than we're used to seeing. And the SEC has sort of stolen the Big 12 shtick. So, like, Florida is a great Big 12 team circa 2015. <laughs> yeah. Like, they are a perfect yeah. Big 12 team. So I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that Cotton Bowl because I would like – I wish Kyle Pitts were playing because I think that Florida offense at full strength is a, is a wonder to behold. But I still think they have enough firepower to really challenge Oklahoma's defense and, and in a way that, that nobody in the Big 12 could this year because, you know, you look at Kadarius Toney – the, the way he's blossomed, and then Trevon Grimes, Justin Shorter, and then they, they're so good at throwing to the backs. And, mm-hmm. you know, Gamble and Zipperer, when when Pitts was out, played really well. So they have targets at tight end that aren't, you know, first-round NFL draft pick targets, but they're still good targets who probably will play in the NFL. So that's, that's the game I think I'm most interested in watching of the non- playoff games that that one seems just fascinating because you know we've bagged on Oklahoma's defense for years and years and years well guess what they're now into the 20s in yards per play allowed they were at 102 two years ago (laughs) they were in the 50s last year so they're up into the 20s and we'll see if that's has Alex Grinch really gotten them that much better or was it a, a little bit of a down year in the Big 12 we don't know and, and we don't know, is, is Florida's offense really that great, or was it a down year for defenses in the SEC? My suspicion is it's pretty good. I mean, we saw, we saw it hang 40-something on Alabama, so I, I think it's probably pretty good. But I'm, I'm really interested to get those questions answered. Yeah, not to get too far down the Big 12 rabbit hole, but Mike Leach changed the offense in the SEC for a couple decades. With the amount of imitation we've seen, and you mentioned Ohio State, I'm curious if John Heacock gets some, gets some credit uh, moving forward. Oh, I 100%. <laughs> yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, we talked about this a little bit last week um, as it happened, but Andy, we didn't hear your thoughts uh, elsewhere in Alabama. Brian Harson coming all the way from Boise um, to become Auburn's head coach. 
a little bit off the radar move. Um, Auburn, I can't say I'm shocked that they came uh, with the off the radar move, but what do you make of, of uh, Harson kind of coming out of nowhere to, to, to be Auburn's new head coach? I like the hire because, you know, I, I think people who don't watch Boise State think they're just trick plays and, and hook and ladder and Statue of Liberty. But the fact of the matter is, in their league, when they were winning games, they were winning games by whipping people up front yeah. and, and always have a good offensive line, always have good pass rushers. And look, Auburn always has a good defensive line. And that seems to be consistent no matter the, the head coach, the defensive coordinator. So good news. They're still going to have that. What Auburn has been missing really since, I don't know, 2017 is a good offensive line. You put a better offensive line in front of what they got now, that's a really good team. You know, and, and then you get some quarterback development because that's the other thing that, that Harson has been good at over the years is developing quarterbacks. The one knock I'd say against Gus Malzahn is, did he ever have a quarterback get better while they were at Auburn? Yeah. The Stidham, I don't the think Stidham stuff was I think hard he, to watch the last couple of years. I, I think he did a really good job in almost every other way. Mm-hmm. But they didn't – they just regressed, it seemed, at the quarterback position. And so – it will be interesting to have a guy in there who has had his quarterbacks progress throughout their careers. And, you know, whether that's Bo Nix coming in and, and Harson and Bo Nix getting along and, and working well together or somebody else, we'll see. But I think that aspect of it is, is really interesting. Now, what I don't know is how are they going to recruit? Because at Auburn, you need to recruit along the same lines, at the same level as Alabama, as Georgia, as LSU, and you're, you're capable of it. History says you're capable of it. Mm-hmm. And you may not get as many five stars as Alabama, but you're going to get your share. And so you, you still have to get the Derrick Browns when you're, when you're the Auburn coach. I, I, I'm sure, and I know Brian Harson's a great evaluator, and I'm sure they're going to get some, some three-star guys that wind up playing like five-star guys. And you know, Ari Wasser and I, and I talk about this all the time. The Clemson model of mixing obvious five stars with three stars that you just out-evaluated people on is a great, great mix. It's great for chemistry. It's great. It's just a really good way to build a roster. And that you can do at Auburn. I mean, I don't. I hate to do the old Louis Grizzard joke that, that Clemson's Auburn with a lake, but you can do essentially the same thing at Auburn, but you still got to get those five stars. So, you know, who's he going to hire in terms of assistance? How plugged into the SEC are they? Uh, do, do they need to be? Not necessarily, but they need to be good recruiters who can then build relationships quickly in the SEC. But I would say, if you can, try to get somebody who already knows what they're doing. The, the way it all went down with Kevin Steele, you know, it would have been so – so nice, and this will this will probably take us into a conversation about South Carolina. Mm-hmm. But it would have been so nice if that hadn't happened that way, and Kevin Steele's just sitting there as the defensive coordinator, and you can say, "Hey, Kevin, would you like to hang and continue making two point five million dollars a year <laughs> and continue getting really good recruits and and running a really good defense?" But I think now you can't. I don't. I don't think that's possible now. But it would have been really nice if that if Harson could have walked into that. Yeah, I think the recruiting aspect is the only thing I'm concerned about. I, I think we're going to see. I, I think there is something to. Hey, I've built a winning culture that's sustained. That you know we had a target on our back. If you're Boise and you're playing in the Mountain West, everyone wants you every single year. Being able to sustain that, I think 
you know, we've talked about this with Nick Saban, but that's the most impressive thing to me is that they show up every single week. And and Boise's had some clunkers, but they haven't had that random five and seven season where like, what the heck? No, yeah. they're they're always pretty yeah. good. And and Auburn is a very boom and bust program. And that's the the thing is if you could ever make Auburn consistent, Auburn could be a super power. Yeah, I think so. But it's really hard to do and it's 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 even harder to do with Nick Saban in Alabama. I think, you know, Really, and I hate that we keep saying this, I don't know that we're going to be able to judge any SEC West Coast accurately until after Nick Saban retires. Yeah, you're probably right. And to quote my favorite Ole Miss fan on the planet, Brian Arson, get you a burner phone, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Elsewhere in the SEC, uh, Shane Beamer, you know, the idea was they were going to bring Shane Beamer in, spend a little bit more money on assistance, and it turns out he keeps... A lot of Will Muschamp's staff, Mike Bobo staying on as OC, Tracy Rocker at defensive line coach, Mike Peterson outside linebackers, Des Kitching at running backs coach, brings Will Friend over from Tennessee as his offensive line coach, also brought aboard former Ball State head coach Pete Lembo as a special teams coordinator. Uh, some of those moves I understand. Uh, I think of those, of those, Tracy Rocker is the one that I, I like the most. But have you ever seen a coach keep that many staffers from – not a promoted or a coach who has left, but a fired coach's staff, especially a coordinator from an offense that ranked 90th in the FBS in offensive yards per no, play. No, I, I really can't remember it's that. It's weird. And it is strange, and I thought the idea was you're going you're gonna to run Oklahoma's offense, not the 2009 Georgia offense. Yes. That, that's the part that I don't understand. I think Josh Kendall and I and, talked about Garrett Riley the first time he got that, that – the very day Shane Beamer got that job. Garrett Riley makes some sense there, and, and we're not seeing well, that. Well, Garrett Riley is going to be a pretty pretty sought after guy at a lot of places. Mm-hmm. That I think that's maybe maybe they got priced out of that, but I just don't I don't quite understand that unless the idea is Mike Bobo is like you know I've always wanted to run this. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't. I I've always wanted to do this thing. Show me the guy who's been doing it. That's that's where yeah, I'm at. <laughs> I know. I just I just don't that that doesn't excite me no. as a recruit. If, it, if the offense is going to look like what it looked like last year, I don't want to play in that. Yeah. that's The idea is you, you're bringing in the guy who's been with Lincoln Riley, run what Lincoln Riley runs. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I'm sure you feel this way, Andy, but we, we've mentioned this on this show as well, considering how the Ed Orgeron hire went, how the Dabble Swinney hire went, and how the Jim Harbaugh uh, Scott Frost, Tom Herman trio went. I've never been more gun shy on saying this is not going to work or this is going to work. Oh no! And, but and I'll tell you, this does not. That, the continuity piece is probably going to work better than we realize. Yeah, but that I, I, these moves they did not inspire confidence in me. If I'm a South Carolina fan, I'm I'm raising some eyebrows. We'll see. It's, it's just the OC thing. Yeah, most that's, of the OC. That's the issue, really. Everything else, because Mike Peterson, you know, he great former player. Has been a good coach, good recruiter. Like I, I get that. Um, Tracy Rocker has recruited everywhere in the SEC. Yeah. Great former player again. You know, guys are going to respect him. So I, I get that. It's it's the Bobo thing that is is the most interesting, and I'd love to hear why. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It are you gonna because because you, you want to run that offense? I, I can't see it. And I think, too, as somebody who's watched Will Friend's offensive lines for the last three years and watched this Tennessee offensive line take four or five stars and 
move your five-star left tackle to situational tight end with an alternate jersey and watch Trey Smith, a guy who's a possible top 15 pick, now looks like he's slid to the second round despite the fact that he's practicing this year. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not so sure. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know about that hire. And I think, too, you know, I, I think sometimes fans can be a little bit rough on, on assistants, especially assistants they don't like. But it's never good when you steal an assistant from a coaching staff that may be on its way out and the fans are sort of celebrating. And that's what you've seen at Tennessee when they hire Will Friend. That's not what you want to see. You want to see despondence from the people you steal your assistants Oh, by from. the way, I, I think we are contractually obligated to mention that Brian Harson needs a defensive coordinator, and Will Muschamp is available. Coach Boom, let's run it back. He could. He let's could run it his back. Third, <laughs> his his potential third tenure at the Auburn DC. I'm all in. I'm all in. He's going to go somewhere. Um, we'll see. I, I tell you what, it's it's entirely possible there might be a head coach, a couple head coaches in the SEC in 2019 or 2020, I should say, that might be in there. Uh, our own uh, Josh Kendall reported that he talked to Derek Mason. Uh, it's possible that uh, another head coach in the state of Tennessee might be a very highly sought-after coordinator sometime soon. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you guys keep telling me that, and I keep not seeing it. <laughs> we will see. We will see. There's not even a Liberty Bowl to wait for now. I know. I know. Listen, we won't, we, we won't get into it on this pod, but uh, it sounds like people want to wait for this investigation to play out and we'll see well of course because yeah it's always nicer to fire someone for free than for it is 15 million dollars it is it is uh so time will tell as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with BetMGM this season we'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, speaking of the offseason, Andy, we got to be beating this drum because free agency in college football is here. It is here. Um, you're seeing this is going to be a wild transfer portal year. It's probably a good thing that they they added the portal before they probably really needed it to sort of organize this. But guys are going to be eligible immediately, and this is going to be an unprecedented year of movement. The combination of you have the portal, obviously. You have the graduate transfer rule where guys are going to be available immediately. You have one free transfer, which is coming, and then you have seniors who have a free year of eligibility that can sort of figure out, well, I want to do this. Some of them might not yeah, be... That's, that's the one they didn't plan for. Yes. That's the one that just got yes. tossed on top of the whole someone, thing. It someone might not yesterday. be... It happened uh, Jermaine Johnson going from Georgia to Florida State. Yes. Now, I, people say, oh, I, why wouldn't he stay at Georgia? Well, it was was there a spot at Georgia? Because Georgia signed a, a pretty 
highly touted recruiting class. Yeah, no coach is going to say these guys can't come back, but those private conversations might go a little differently than when you're standing at the podium. Uh, it's not always that way. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, but it, this is going to be really interesting. And I, and I think, too, there's a balance here because it's not going to just be a free-for-all. You know, we've seen this already in the portal in normal times that – you know, we've written about this at The Athletic. I think Max Olson had a great story um, a few months ago about guys that are stuck in the portal, that there's more um, spots in the portal, which is unlimited, um, than there is at, at scholarships at, at places. And, well, and you may here's see what I think is going to happen. If, if you're not a complete numbskull who, who drives your coaches crazy, they're going to let you back when you find no place yeah. to go in the portal. Because here's the deal. They didn't change the rule that says you can only bring in 25 new players a year. And they, did, they didn't change that for a reason. And it was to keep a cap on this. It was to keep this from getting You're seeing places wild. already with the early signing period reserve some spots to say, right. we're going to see what happens in February. If we, start, if we start missing out on some of these big guys that are still out there, we're going to turn our attention to the portal, and that's going to be your second recruiting season. Right. Now, if you go into the portal, you do not, you're not guaranteed to get your spot back. No. It's it's sort of like hey you know I'm gonna go on some dates we're still married right no you're not yeah. you 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 forfeited that so you you're taking your risk by going into the portal but here's the thing in most cases the school that that they are at now if there is no landing spot for them will take them back just because they need the depth mm-hmm. because they don't want to play with sixty scholarship players yeah. But there's gonna be some awkward situations I think no question oh yeah no and and if you've been a pain in the butt to your coaches, <laughs> and you go. It's going to be like a shoe fly. Back, you ain't coming shoe back. Shoe fly don't bother me. Situation. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, for the guys that are going in the portal, don't burn those bridges, you know, um, because you might need to to walk back at some point. And I and I think too, you know, the biggest complaint is you've heard coaches, you know, I don't want free agency. Well, it's they're the ones that their jobs too bad. Yeah, their jobs going to get. You're the ones that job hop and yeah. Bail on your teams before bowl games. And, a little more agency uh, for players. If you're not going to yeah. pay the players, you should at least give lie, them lie to players about whether you've taken another job. And then after signing day, whoops, I took another job. Sorry, <laughs> can't can't be helped. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, guys. sorry. You you've brought this all upon yourselves, and we don't feel sorry for no, you. No, I don't. Too bad. Not one bit. Um, you know, we're gonna have to re-recruit our roster every year. Okay, fine. Too like, bad. Fine. <laughs> okay. I, I, oh, we. <laughs> oh no, our players have to like us now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, you know, our players have to respect us now. We can't just rule by fear. Yeah, I feel bad for the guys who who maybe jump and get stuck in the portal. Um and and well, are I sort hear of it's quite painful. Yeah. <laughs> but that that limbo I do feel bad for those guys. Um but I'm glad the guys can can move and be able to exercise this year and say, "You know what? I may be splitting time here. I've got one year left. I want to try and make some money. Let's go somewhere else and and try to get on the field and put some tape together and show the NFL what I can do." And it'll, it's going to make for an interesting year. And I think, uh, you know, the sort of speculation of who are we losing, who can we get, you know, we saw how free agency affected the NBA and players sort of taking, um, you know, their hold of their own your control of their own destiny. Taking ownership of the league. Yeah, basically. And I don't think you're going to see that to this degree in college football, but certainly more so. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested to see how this sort of changes the offseason because it's here and we haven't gone through it yet to this level. Um, and this, I think once you, once the eligibility stuff goes away in terms of, you know, you're not in a, in a year where the NCAA granted free eligibility, it'll calm down. So this will be the craziest year that we've seen in terms of player movement. Which means if your team stunk last year, 
You're, you got a chance next Hope year. Hope springs eternal, Amy. That's what, I, that's what I'm told. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm excited. Speaking of the guys, before we get out of here, that are not coming back, our own Dane Brugler, uh, NFL draft extraordinaire. Love talking to Dane. He can break down every roster. I like talking to him about the Tennessee guys, where they stand, where that looks like. His mock draft. He's got Jamar Chase, who sat out this season, uh, Devontae Smith, and Kyle Pitts of Florida, all in his top ten. And if you got your pick of those three guys, who who are you taking? Mm, that is tough because Chase is such a way. I, I'm going to go with Pitts. I'm going to go with Pitts just because you can use him in so many different ways. That's how NFL offenses are evolving. Uh, NFL offenses want to play with two tight ends, but one of those tight ends needs to feel more like a wide receiver most of the time. That's why I'm taking Pitts. You stole my answer. I love the matchup nightmare. You can put him anywhere, put him in the slot, put him wide, put him in this inside, have him block. He can do so many things for you. Um, breaking tackles, getting open, and then, of course, the catch radius. We've seen that so many times this year. It's um, a great scouting term. Can we talk <laughs> bubble next? Yes, we'll get into it. We'll get into wingspan and uh, uh, motor and all of those things. Uh, Dane loves to talk about all that. Maybe we got to have him on the show at some point talking about the SEC, which I'm told – does pretty well in the NFL draft, usually. They usually have several <laughs> players selected. At least a couple. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out. But go ahead and check out uh, Dane's uh, NFL draft, uh, or his mock draft. He'll update that as we get a little bit closer. Um, but thank you guys for listening. That'll do it for today's show. If you're not a subscriber to this show, you should change that. Get your... Uh, Every episode delivered directly to your device from whatever podcast purveyor you choose. And listen to the Andy Staples Show as well. You can uh, listen to Andy talk about college football at large uh, every week. Uh, we'll be here this week as well. And if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, reading Andy's work and uh, Josh Kendall talking about South Carolina putting together its staff and all of these coaching limbo uh, decisions at Tennessee and elsewhere, uh, you can do that at theathletic.com slash grits. Get access to all of our college football content and everything else we have. Any sport you're interested in, we've got you covered. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Aaron Suttles here uh, talking Bama, talking mailbag. Uh, whatever questions you got, drop them Aaron's way, and he will have you covered. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys again this week. Music.